This is episode number 104 of Patrick Jones Baseball. On this episode, we have Dr. Peter Fatty. Dr. Fatty is a professor of learning design and technology at Southern Illinois University. He is the co-founder and chief science officer of GameSense Sports. Dr. Fatty is someone who is an expert in pitch recognition and has really done a lot of research and actually has an app called GameSense Sports where he helps um, hitters um, do exactly that recognize pitches and we get into talking about the best ways to go about that in this episode. Um, I think Dr. Fatty is going to really help in this episode and I really brought him on because I believe in this era where you know launch angle and exit velocity and just hitting mechanics are put on such a high pedestal rightfully so because they are extremely important but sometimes um, some really important things like pitch recognition take a back seat. So I think uh, Dr. Fatty will help fill that gap, and um, I hope everyone enjoys it. So without further ado, here is Dr. Peter Fatty. All right, and we now welcome on Dr. Peter Fatty. Dr. Fatty, really appreciate you coming on today. Well, I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for asking. So you are the guru of pitch recognition and in an era where hitting mechanics is uh, talked about so much, um, so many other things are kind of ahead of, of pitch recognition and plate discipline. And, and you could make a case that uh, that could actually be more important than mechanics because you'd have the greatest mechanics of all time. But if you have no plate discipline, uh, you're you're not going to go very far. How did you uh, embark on this journey? Um, well, first of all, I'd absolutely agree with you. You know, we've we've got all the metrics and all the technology for basically, uh, you know, measuring the, the the ball, the bat, the body. You know, with the with the K vest. So um, you know, time to to work on the brain a little bit too. And that, that's, that's definitely where we want to put pitch recognition. People might think that it's, okay, well, that's an eye thing. And it certainly starts with an eye thing, but basically it's a brain thing. It's pattern recognition. Um, and so the way I started with that, I, I had been working as a, um, a video coordinator in a college sports program, uh, Purdue University, where my, my wife teaches. And um, that's primarily football. You know, game analysis for the coaches using using video and data together. And um, I was kind of working on my Ph.D. piece by piece over 13 years. <laughs> and, yeah. and um, you know, when it came time to do a dissertation, I said, I, I know there's more to be done for player learning, putting together video and data, um, you know, in addition to to coaches analysis. And actually, as I started looking into that, it uh took me more towards um, like baseball and the work, the research that's been done since the early 80s, a lot of it in Australia, where they use this video occlusion method, which means you're seeing video um, somewhat like a participant in the sport would, whether that's return of serve in tennis or goalie in hockey or soccer uh, or, you know, baseball batting or cricket batting, of course, for them. You know, all these things where the athlete is able to make faster than humanly possible reactions. And the only way you can do it, because they test these athletes and they don't have superhuman reaction time. You're good, you know, 80th percentile, but not superhuman. The only way 
that you can do it is to be picking up early cues in the motion of that opponent. That's the only way you can you can do that. Um, some people have seen the clip that uh, kind of made its rounds on video, or I think it's Ronaldo, one of these soccer stars, and they do a, an occlusion thing there where they're taking a corner kick and they cut out the lights. It's an indoor field. They cut out the lights with the ball halfway there, and he heads it into the net. These are literally people can do these things with their eyes closed. They're, they've got it so much by the time the ball's halfway there. So, you know, that's what we're trying to get after. That's that's the expertise, and obviously that's really critical in high-level hitting. And it doesn't usually help much to ask the people who can do it how they do it because if they had to think about it, they wouldn't be able to do it at all. It's all kind of, you know, running deep in the mind. But, um, but you know, that's what makes it so interesting. Do you think, like, uh, part of that has to do with just repetitions? Like someone like Ronaldo, for example, I mean, that guy's been playing – soccer obsessively since he was four years old that is exactly what it has to do with it's all about repetitions and you know how but the the point is how can we use some technology then to accelerate that we're not going to give you some skill that you don't have we're not going to be able to make you be able to hit but can we accelerate that that type of repetition that you're talking about and it's kind of funny because You've got people talking about neuroscience in this area and EEGs and, you know, it it can get myelin sheath and all that. It can it can get pretty deep. And that's all great for understanding what's going on. But the training method for that type of learning is drill and practice, like the oldest one of all, you know, how you learned your multiplication tables, lots and lots of repetition, immediate feedback and progressive difficulty. So you put those three pieces together, repetition, immediate feedback, and progressive difficulty. And that's how, you know, any animal, you think of animal tricks, you know, including us, can really learn to do amazing and seemingly impossible things. So when an athlete is, or a hitter, I should specifically say, is uh, in the cage hitting and maybe he is working on some pitch recognition things, I've seen this before, and I don't know if if you have as well, but where someone will take a baseball and they'll put like a a red dot and then another baseball has a blue dot and then another one has a green dot and then they just call them out as a pitch is thrown. Is that valuable? Sure. I mean, that's people trying to do what we're talking about, at least get you looking in the right place. Now, you're not seeing you're not seeing cues. You're not seeing a skinny wrist for a a curveball or or, you know, a dot in a slider or any of those other types of things. You're not seeing real pitch stuff. And it also tends to be a bit haphazard. So it's like going in the weight room and, well, let me let me lift this and kick that and climb that. You know, that's that's not a program. So that's why this um, the the drill and practice method really works when it's on the computer because then the computer's running it and tracking it and, and everything else. And that's when you get that that repetition feedback progressive difficulty loop going, you know, um, that, that's kind of how these how, um, you know, uh, uh, blast and these other things are so effective in training. It's a con- it's a feedback loop. You get that feedback loop going, and then you let your eyes, just the way you let your body, you know, the, the, some of the, the people who've talked on your show, 
you know, the real advanced thinkers in this area now are just saying, hey, just set the conditions up right and your body will figure out how to get that launch angle or whatever you're looking for. Don't worry about, you know, you do this or do that. Just set the conditions. So that's what we're trying to do, like with that game sense by putting the pitch recognition on the computer and cutting off the videos. Like we're just setting the conditions. You don't need to grind on it. You go and you put in your time uh, with purpose and you'll get better, just like the weight room. You know, so we let set the conditions and then kind of let the magic happen within that. We don't actually have to grind that out. Yeah. How, how does that work? Uh, the Game Sense app? I know you're um, you're a co-founder of that. Um, tell me a little bit more about that, because that that is specifically for pitch recognition. Correct. Correct. And that's actually the the critical thing about it is that it is just for that. So it's not. It's not a simulator like one of the um, one of the coaches you had on on your um, podcast, uh, Matt Lawson at um, at at Missouri State. You know, he he had he put up some videos of taking the game sense and putting it up on the wall for his hitters. And this thing got like six hundred fifty thousand hits, you know, it was kind of blew up. And it was because people looked and said, wow, there's something really right about that, even if they didn't know what it was. So what was right about it was they were seeing this occlusion method. You saw a pitch. And it was cut off. And then, you know, you have to if you're if you're doing it on your iPhone, you just hit a button to guess what it is. If you're doing it on the wall, you go ahead and hit it off the tee. And um, and then you get a replay that shows the full pitch all the way in plate catcher, everything else. And so you're putting together. Here's what I saw out of hand. Here's the shape of the pitch out of hand at the plate, out of hand at the plate. And that's ultimately what we're trying to build up. It's not ultimately about whether you can identify curveball or a slider what it's really ultimately about is that you're building up that mental database so that when you see that ball coming out you, you're picking up information as the pitcher goes into his windup you see that ball coming out and immediately you essentially know the shape of the pitch you know where it's going to be and when you look at the at the at the great hitters you know a, a Pujols or somebody who who has this skill at a high level they just seem to be waiting for it to be there just putting their bat on it they know where it's going to be. Yeah, that is that is true. The the, the best hitters just make it look so easy. Um, have Have you been able to to see any anyone specifically like get really like really improve their plate discipline because of uh, this video feedback? Yes, we've seen seen that really work with a lot of teams at the team level in, in college. And then you've got like individual stories to tell. It's hard to do that very scientifically. Right now, we've got a couple of um, the pro guys who've been doing some work on that. And they'll go into spring training and we'll kind of see if they have success with it. But it's pretty dicey to say, oh, we made this change and that accounted for some guys, you know, uh, big improvement because guys improve by leaps and bounds all the time, unless you've got it set up as a proper steady. And that's you really, it's really hard to do a proper steady with one person. But where we've done that with teams, you definitely see where you know, a whole team working on this will increase their, their um, on base, their slugging, their run production, um, you know, significantly, statistically sig significantly. And, um, you know, that's one of the strengths of this is it's, it's kind of, ironic because this video occlusion method that the game sense uses is like a twitter simple idea you see pitches they're cut off you guess the pitch and yet it's the one that actually has the most science uh, research use the most 
scientific uh, evidence of effectiveness of, you know, compared to VR or any of these other type of uh, methods. That's kind of ironic. It's the most scientific and it's the most simple. I know that uh, you you and Dylan Lawson have done some work together. I know early on, uh, when I believe he was at Southeast Missouri, um, he started implementing some of your um, concepts and it really I guess that's one of the examples that you were probably just talking about with the, the team getting really better, a lot better. Um, why do you, why do you think um, that certain, certain teams like practice this more than others or kind of buy into this more than others? So you think it's more, some people just think it's just like a, another technology gimmick. Right. One of the reasons it worked so well with that SEMO project and, um, and then Dylan did it for two years, and then Matt Borgschulte, who's now um, high A hitting coach with the Twins, picked it up the third the third year, and they just they went up each year. In fact, that the years of the project, they were the um, top scoring run, um, team in in D one. Although uh, Ohio Valley is a high scoring conference, but you know they they were that. And one of the things that I think made it work so well was that it was kind of early on. We didn't really have the technology all that much together. There was some of that. There was some drills that were working out. And um, yeah, we had Steve Beezer, who's now the head coach at, at uh, Mizzou, who just like gave Dylan, um, you know, the leash to develop a program in that. And we're kind of like, we felt like we were staying one step ahead of the players you know kind of building the landing gear in the air and and uh, working out drills well that one worked well this one not so good and some things like that and part of the effect of that was that we didn't like dump it on them it just kind of like rolled out you know over the course of an off season and then into the season and then a post season and then into the next season it's it just kind of rolled out naturally part of it because we just didn't get out you know over our skis because we were figuring it out as we went along so um that really is what makes for a, a program. This is why it's not just like, oh, technology, get the uh, game sense, and then you know, you'll 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 use it and you'll get better. Well, you know, we would hope that that would happen. But when it really works, is with it's in the structure of a a team or working with a with a, a hitting instructor like yourself at a, a facility. And um, we're getting into now where we certify instructors because there's actually a lot to how you build this up. And um, and 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 really work on it. You know, it's not just the standalone technology. That's fine. That'll do you some good. But where you're going to see those leaps and bounds, those breakthroughs, is when you've really got it working with an aware coach and aware uh, in hitting instructor, and you're mixing it in with live drills, and you know, you're you're doing your bullpen stand-ins, which we do in a very particular type of way. And that's that's kind of what comes with the with the game sense things is not just the technology but you've also got the work that i've um, done in that area so after the pitch is released um though that first probably seven to eight feet after those those seven that, that seven to nine feet or eight feet or whatever it is after the pitch is released at that point has the hitter already made the decision whether or not to swing well the way that the usual cutoff point that they use is about a third of the way. Uh, and that's, that's when you've got like a 90 mile an hour pitch. So you've got a, you've got a certain amount of time. So like in the game sense app, we've got the basic level, which gives you about a third of the pitch. And then the advanced level is exactly what you described. It's about seven to nine feet. 
So you work on it, you work on the skill, you get pretty good, and then you get to that advanced level. And when you get to where you can be calling the pitch type and ball strike, when you're seeing seven feet of ball flight, that's when you start feeling, yeah, like you're you're getting this. Whether you can explain it or not, is, um, and, and there's actually another level beyond that, which is called wicked, where it's cut off right at the release. And guys will look at that at the beginning and say, you're kidding. I'd be doing nothing but guessing. They work their way up to that. And they say, you know, they'll, they'll be doing it. And they say, I still feel like I'm guessing. And you say, well, you know, there's three pitch types. So chance is 33%. You're guessing 70%. So you know, something in there, something inside the mechanism is figuring it out. It might not be telling, um, you know, the part of your brain that's talking to me now is might not have much of an idea of what's going on, but um, somewhere deep inside, it's figuring it out. Have you been able to get any big leaguers to, to use it just to try it out? Oh, yeah. We've got um, we've got one team that's going would be starting their third year now organization of using it as a required program all the way through to about high A. And now we're going to be working on, on getting the actual pitchers from Double A and, and like that that we can incorporate for the the guys who advance. So I mean, the vision there is ultimately it's something that can go from DR to to ML um, with that little simple methodology. You know, there are several teams if you know where to look for them that you can see their batters view cameras. Like you can you can see them in Minute Maid with the Astros and Yankee Stadium. Pirates, Phillies, and others have them, and you know maybe they're not as um, apparent, and they're perfectly fine. You can put cameras anywhere you want. The team can, not for in-game. You know they're not stealing signs or anything. They're just collecting this um, this video to make this batter's view video uh, available to them. That's what they're doing. So, you know that's that's what we collect. We actually shoot our video for the game sense during minor league games, and it's the same way, like in-game. So it's it's not always perfect. You got to go with the umpire's call and things like that, but um, but we kind of really made a, a a big commitment early on to real pitches thrown in real games. You know, pitches thrown in anger as opposed to just bullpen pitches. Right, right. So you know, that's that's what we're trying to capture with that. That's what the big leaguers at you know at, there will be a point I would say within I would hope it'd be within a year or two years where that's how they routinely prepare. For the next guy they're going to have to face you know you're, you're going to face a, a freeland or somebody like that you've you've got that video you're standing in there maybe you're doing the the um you know, video cued t-swings like uh like matt lawson's video only it's the guy you're going to face tonight well i was just curious to to uh hear if any of those big leaguers that you've tried it out on if they're like substantially better than kind of everybody else we haven't tried it out on the big leaguers. I've got a couple of, that are just kind of like using it a little bit as kind of a warm-up type of thing. We'll see what their responses are later, but that won't be a steady. That'll be just, you know, whatever they feel like happened with it. We haven't yet in any of the organizations um, had it rise up to where we're using it with the big league guys. I'm just saying that they are collecting, several of them are collecting that video. Okay. All of the smart ones would be collecting that video, that batter's view video. And, um, you know, then it's really set up for them to incorporate that type of because it's it's a completely different thing, even when you've got the right video to to say, OK, I'm looking at this and steadying it. That's what we'd call system two. That's that analytical. That's a scouting report. I'm looking at this. I'm doing my homework versus the system one, the fast automatic um, where and you get you get there by that quizzing on it. 
you know, by the occlusion. It's cut off. You have to guess. That's what engages that part of your your mind. So, you know, it's um, they're they don't yet have it at that point, but I would certainly hope that some of them do, uh, whether through uh, through our outfit or they would make that up or whatever. Um, but uh, the kind of interesting thing is that a high school kid, college kid hitter would be using right now the not only the same method and same technology, but actually the same video of pitchers that they're using in the affiliated minor league um, organization. Yeah, it is. uh, That is is pretty cool for any for any high school kid that you'd be able to use the exact same stuff that um, higher higher level players are using. And it's just such a, a cool concept because. Like I was saying before, you talk about some of the best hitters in the game, and for the most part, you know they're not chasing very many pitches outside the zone. I mean, I'm I'm in Cincinnati, so Joey Votto's here, and he's uh, he's someone who who walks a ton and doesn't really chase a whole bunch of pitches. Um, so essentially, what you're saying is is pitch recognition is similar to mechanics, where they can it can be developed through work. Right, and and Votto's obviously the king of the hill. Right, I mean that's no, like you know, asking, yeah, had been able to be able our just, pools, but yeah, you know, he he knows exactly what he's he's doing with the ball, and if he if, and he also completely mastered the ability to foul off anything he doesn't really want to put in place. So yeah, he's he's obviously you know with the Cincinnati connection you have, he's he's wonderful to watch at that. So um, yeah, that's that's exactly the. And I, I, the word that you use there is actually the word that I would like to hang the whole thing on now, at least at the higher levels. And, you know, they, they prove that the, the strikeouts go up in college now, too, uh, as the as the pitchers get more and more powerful, more more um, pace, more movement, you know, and that's chase. You know, we just want to it, it, we want to be able to say we're not trying to, to take away a hitter's aggressiveness. You know, it's uh, like early on in the Astros, as they kind of put some of this thinking together, they had the uh, internal slogan, um, you know, Astros hit strikes. Later on, it evolved into Astros hit strikes hard. So you have to think about what the difference is there. It doesn't sound like much, but it actually is. And, and you know, that's when they became really dangerous hunters of that. So we want we want selective aggressive, but basically if you can control that instinct to chase if you can control that instinct to chase which you know obviously is going to come up most often on two strikes when the major league batting average is like 145 you know if you can control that and it takes a lot of discipline it takes the visual hardware to recognize that it takes that day in day out practice so that you can trust your practice because you're occasionally going to be wrong and you're going to take one right down the middle you know, and you see, you see the good ones will, will, um, will sometimes do that. Goldschmidt, you know, yeah, everyone's well, boom, there's one right down the middle. And it's because they're applying that, they're controlling that. Um, doesn't happen often. More often what you see is they resist chasing that slider off the plate, which is still the, the, um, bugaboo of a lot of uh, major league hitters ted williams called the slider you know the equalizer and it's still equalizing a lot of guys out there if you can if you can lay off of that one two slider and get yourself probably a two two fastball now you're in a position to do something with it so chase is the chase is the big thing we're trying to we're trying to 
you know, gear and, and armor and practice that, that, uh, hitters brain and, and, uh, control so that you can avoid chasing that pitcher's pitch, make him come to you, do the damage. The rules we're, don't we're change. The, uh, it's always, we're, always been, right? So were the Astros, the first team to, uh, jump on board. Um, they were certainly, uh, the first ones to, I, I don't know if they would say, if I would say that or not. The, uh, I first talked about this back in 2012, the MIT Sloan conference, um, out there. And there were several teams that were, were interested and would in, you know, invite, invited me in to talk with the group and that type of thing, you know, so Astros, Pirates, and some of these other teams that have, have been on the edge of working, uh, working out those type of things. Um, we're not the, I mean, the, it's kind of. Uh, the, the the business model is kind of you know big leagues for show little leagues for dough you you it's like NASCAR you want to be out there you want to be improving what you do and proving it at that highest level but where it really is has the impact is with the instructors with the people who are working with those travel players the the people moving into college you know I, we want to see where this I, I told you I was I was up working on a new um, pitch recognition test. You know, I want to see where you, it's perfect game or whatever it is. Where's your pitch recognition score? You know, really have it become a part of just like we'd expect now to see where's your exit velo. You know, where's your PR score? So this is like another a higher level of. Um, um, in a sense, I don't know if you've ever seen or seen those where. I've I've done these before where like those like red dots like pop up on that like machine and you just tap them and then you just go back there's like I don't know like di there's different there's like 10 to 12 and whenever it pops up you just like you click it and they're on the left and the right have you ever seen that before Well there are a couple of um programs like that there's one that the pros use called neuroscouting which is very very mysterious uh, developed by the um Red Sox some years ago and there are a handful of um teams that use that um what do, you mean, what do you mean too. mysterious? Um, it's like not known. They don't they don't have this back end. It's not something that you that you can go out and buy a home version of. Okay. Um, it's you know kind of a pro only um, sort of thing. And um, then there's another that's um, called Deservo that uses something of the same method. And the really neat things about those is that they actually model pitches thrown by major league pitchers. You, know, you can you can put in um, uh, Kershaw versus um, versus Votto and and you know see those 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 pitches. Uh, so that's a really useful tool. There are a lot of tools out there. I'm not saying our tool is better than somebody else's tool. I'm saying you want to use them for the precise purpose they're meant for, and for for recognizing pitches. Um, and I don't mean to sound snarky or anything. The best way to do it is to practice recognizing pitches, <laughs> uh, meaning, you know, it's just, in this case, video of real pitchers throwing, throwing real pitches. Uh, that doesn't mean that the other is not worthwhile. It is. That's really, really going to teach you the shape of the pitch. It's really going to help you practice with the timing. Why wouldn't you cross train? Why wouldn't you use, uh, you know, a, a really well-stocked um, uh, facility in college um, would have, they, they might have the slow the game down, the old Bill Harrison, Dr. Bill Harrison program, do some visual skills, you know, do, do servo, work in the shape of the pitch, the, um, the, the, uh, game sense, working the, the pitch recognition. 
You know, go in every day. You're expected to do your 10 or 15 minutes on whatever your rotation is. That's what a really great program would look like now, just in the way that the programs, you know, like like Driveline, et cetera, you know, you don't go in there and get just Blast or just Rapsodo or just Hit Tracks. They're using them all because they're good at certain different kinds of things. They've got a, a toolkit. So what that's that's where I see it going in the in the hopefully not too distant future is to where a, a really sharp facility, a really sharp um, uh, organization on the pros or a college athletic department is putting together a lab like that. It's just you know it's probably right off of the weight room, and you've got a number of these tools, and you use them and you figure out you're the master craftsman. You figure out what tool is best for what guy, um, or um, a softball player also, you know, is working within that progression. So that that becomes the expertise of the uh, the hitting coach, the hitting instructor, the high performance coach, whoever's overlooking those sort of things. Um, do you ever think it'll be like in a in a virtual reality, like you put a headset on essentially, like, um, and you can like have it in the dugout before, like you're in the hole and you put this headset on. And you, you can kind of do it right there before you go out on deck. Sure. I mean, they've that, got, that they've got virtual reality ones. Now the one that's sold at the um, major league level or the professional organizations called win reality. And that's like a cave. That's the um, older idea of a, of a, like a, you actually stand in it. It's almost like a small room. So you get the whole experience and that's great. If you need the whole experience, and they've got ones that are the head-mounted display. And those, again, it's a, it's a tool that has its use. That's giving you the whole hitting experience. And so if if people need to learn how to hit, that's a, that's a good one to work with. If you're working with, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in part-task training over whole-task training. And that, that's a hard sell sometimes. And yet when you think about it, most of the mechanics that you teach – are in a part task type of way. People are saying, well, you know, this doesn't transfer. This type of T work doesn't transfer. This side toss, that doesn't transfer. Well, no, it's working on one piece because the whole thing is very complex. So let's work at one piece and then plug that into the performance. One piece over here, plug it into the performance. People have yet to accept that for the the perceptual part of it in the same way that they do for the technical and physical part of it. So, you know, that that's what I'm advocating. I'm, I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. Some people think that you can't take these skills apart. They're so intertwined. You can't take them apart that the only way you could practice what we're talking about, you know, that kind of advanced hitting is with a VR or a simulator or something, a pro bat or something that's giving you that whole experience. That's one approach. Another approach is to say, no, we can take out, or just with this tool, we're just working on reading that pitch out of the hand, that first seven feet, like you said, just boom, boom, boom. We're going to woodshed right, right here. We're going to walk right into the cage. We're going to have somebody, um, you know, uh, giving us front flips. Uh, if they if they give us a skinny wrist, we're laying off of that one. You put a little, you know, just a little bit of uh, transfer into that drill, things like that. That's how you you can build a program. But, um, you know, it's more it's a there are a lot of efficiencies that come with a part task approach, a lot of efficiencies. You can do that on the on the bus, et cetera. Uh, so that's a basic philosophical difference. Are you going to take a 
you know, a, a whole experience approach, which would be VR, or are you going to take a, a part task approach? Yeah, I like that. And I definitely agree from a hitting perspective, um, part task. I mean, it's tough to kind of put everything all at one time and expect a hitter to, to just get everything and implement it right away. Right. Um, see, this is the thing is there's so many things involved in hitting when they break it down, the perceptual, the motor parts of it, really nobody should ever hit a hundred. I mean, the, the natural state of a hitter is a slump. It's not surprising they go into slumps. It's surprising they ever aren't in, sl in slumps. There's so many pieces that need to work together. That's the bad news. The good news is that every one of those is a place that you can gain ground. You don't need to fix everything. You don't need to improve every any one of those is a place that you can find. And if you improve right there, you can improve your performance. And this pitch recognition piece is one that we know is important. I'm not saying it's more important than your mechanics, but it's under addressed. So that's that classic money ball thinking, right? Don't find the area. It doesn't necessarily have to be the most important. Find the one that's that's valued but not addressed. And if you can go and you may even have high-end guys. Like I test, I've tested guys every year for the last eight years out at the um, Cape Cod League. There are a lot of guys who are moving up the ranks now, you know, knocking on the door, prospects and all. And, and a lot of them tested pretty average on the pitch recognition test, which has been taken by like 500 minor leaguers. So it's a, you know, a norm test with a, with a bell curve. A lot of these guys are pretty much in the middle because they've never had to rely on that. They've relied on their hand-eye. They've relied on, you know, a, a lot of the other things they have going. And for somebody like that, it's hard for them to make a, a leap anywhere else. They're already an advanced hitter. They're already, uh, you know, strong and conditioned and, and everything else you need to be there. They've worked on their psychology. These other, Here's a place where, wow, if I get the right tools, I can make a leap right here. And if I make a 25% leap here, that's going to give me a 5% bump on my overall. And when you get to the high end of hitting, 5% is darn hard to come by. Yeah, and that's a good point where you you know they they've like those particular players that you've tested they've always been able to get away with um, playing well, but as we've seen time and time again of of guys who get drafted and get into the minor leagues and the higher up they go, um, sometimes uh, putting the ball in play and just having some you know a little bit better contact is important because it goes back to that plate discipline again like we're talking about. <laughs> Right. Well, and I've got a um, Twitter hashtag for pitch recognition and, and just throw out there every every story that comes across the Internet. And about this time of year, you start to see a lot of them because you're running into these people, these 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 hitters who have been coming along and people see them through the system and they just can't conquer the strikeout rate. You know, they're. <laughs> Peter Alonzo or something. Hey, you got, got everything else working for them, but you're going to have a hard time making it with a 34% strikeout rate. You know, it's, um, you're going to, you're expected to have that tool. Uh, people can express it in a lot of ways. There are some people who are really aggressive. I mean, now we've got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and he's really got the tool. He's got all the tools and they just talk over and over again about compared to his dad. He's got great pitch recognition and plate discipline. Now, I would argue that his dad, for those of us who can remember seeing Vlad Sr. 
play that he probably had great pitch recognition, even though he could he could hit a ball bouncing in the dirt in the other batter's box. How in the world do you do that unless you are picking up the ball early? He had super aggressiveness. He didn't have much plate discipline, but I would argue that he probably actually had a lot of pitch recognition. So we don't want to think that though we don't want to think that pitch recognition and plate discipline are the same thing. Obviously related, but pitch recognition is that raw ability to read the pitch. Now, whatever your approach is, you know, that's how it feeds into working with your coach and your instructor and evolving your approach, as we like to call it, right? The hitter's approach. And to be able to work on your approach, you're still going to have to have that raw ability to read pitches. Your approach might be different than mine. Maybe I'm hyper aggressive and you're a little more controlled. Fine. We still both have to read that pitch. Dr. Fatty, really appreciate you coming on today. Um, interesting stuff. Really, really enjoyed this, uh, this episode. And, and again, it's, it's, uh, very, very cool because it's, it's different than a lot of what's being talked about right now in the mechanics era. And I think it's, it's just as important because if, if you can't recognize the pitches, like you said, you're, you know, you're, you're only going to go so far because you got to put the ball in play at some point. Indeed. Well, <laughs> hopefully, um, Patrick, I didn't get too much into uh, old professor mode with the lecturing, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's just great to have a knowledgeable audience and to try and dig into some of these things. They, you know, and it's something that for years people said, well, that's an instinct. You've got it or you don't. And, uh, no, we say, okay, no, let's take the top off of it and see if we can't just like strength and conditioning and so many other things in there. See if we can't do this kind of systematically more people you know reaching that level faster love it thanks to you really really appreciate it thanks again for coming on you're very welcome thank you for having me